Hi, I'm Amanda Tran and this is Self. Joining me today is Kate Godfrey. Hey Kate, welcome to Self. Hi Amanda, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> how are you? Thanks for joining me. Ah, oh, you're welcome. So we are here today just to talk about you, to explore self with you. And you are a sound healer. Yes, I am. <laughs> What's a sound healer? Tell us more about that. Well, it's um, helping people to relax using sound, vibration, frequency. Um, yeah, helping people to let go of things and to drop into their rest and digest um, parasympathetic nervous system mm. in a really like nice, held, comfortable space. Yeah. Because it sounds very Ubudian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm trying to get away from the that label and the woo-woo yeah. and be a bit more grounded and down to earth about things. So, yeah, yeah. I like the spiritual, but I want to make it really digestible. Accessible, yeah. Accessible and digestible. Exactly. To regular folk. Yes, because regular folk are the ones that need it the most. Yeah. Yeah. And so what... For people who don't know what a sound healing session might look like, mm. what do you do? Well, I get everyone in lying down. I've been doing mostly group sessions. Mm -hmm. So in a yoga studio, um, everyone comes in, gets really comfy. I encourage them all to make a little nest and nestle in blankets, eye mask, everything. And I guide them through a relaxation coming into their bodies, do a body scan, do a little bit of breathing to slow down. And then I start playing instruments that yeah. really start to calm people down. Mm. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of joining one of your sound <laughs> healing sessions and I loved it. It was very, very relaxing. Why, why is it so effective in getting people to drop in to their parasympathetic nervous system and activating rest mode. Mm, because it's it's a form of meditation, but it's also a really tangible one because you've got sound, the sound waves, so people can follow what's going on with um, the tones and the, the sounds. And also there's frequencies that are being played by the instruments uh, and vibrations, so you can feel the music going through you. Mm -hmm. Um, and also it alters your brain waves, which is really cool. So I feel like sound healing is this mix of science coming into spirituality. So if you listen to their sound healing instruments, after about 15, 20 minutes, your brain waves start to sync up with the slow sound waves put out by, say, like crystal bowls mm -hmm. um, or the gong, and it, it takes you down from an active brainwave state and down to uh, from beta down to alpha and even theta, which is the doorway to the subconscious. So then you're able to be in that healing state. Things can come up from your subconscious that you yeah. might need to look at, but you don't give yourself the chance normally in day-to-day -day life. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's in a really nurturing, safe, quiet space. Mm. And what, in what ways do you think... Well, how has it, have, have you experienced some healing for yourself through it? Mm. Well, how I got 
hooked on it actually was in Bali. Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, when I used to live here and I was up in Ahmed doing all the free diving, I'd take myself away to Ubud and go and receive all the sound healings. Um, and it was a particular one that was just crystal bowls. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always the challenge to get out of your head in meditations mm. and um, these kind of things. So I was lying there um, receiving this crystal bowl meditation, sound healing, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, what's happening? Am I really relaxing? I'm thinking about 10 million things. Um, am I doing it right? Am I properly relaxed? <laughs> An hour goes by and then I get up to leave and I feel like I'm just buzzing. I feel like zzz, I'm like electrified. My energy's changed completely. Yeah. So even though my mind was busy trying to analyse it, uh, it's moved the vibrations, the frequencies have moved through my body regardless of if I've tried to meditate or achieve anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it's a really tangible way to get your body into that relaxation state. Um, and then that's the starting point for self-healing. So even if you're just putting people in that really relaxed mode, then their bodies have the option to start repairing cells, um, yeah, regenerating themselves. Mm. Mm. And how did you get into all of this? So obviously you just <laughs> shared about that. Yeah, the first know, time. Yeah, 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 your first sound healing experience mm. for yourself. But what led you to become a sound healer? Yeah, so when I was busy going to all the sound healings, I never thought, oh, I can do this. Mm. I was always like, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yes, I guess like a lot of people, the pandemic <laughs> offered a big opportunity. What pandemic? <laughs> what? That what happened? Like three years that's just happened. Um, yeah, so that offered a nice big open space to explore different things. And uh, I was in Australia and I got um, let go from jobs in tourism and I was like, oh, what have I always wanted? Like, oh, a crystal bowl. So I just ordered myself just one bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I got it and was playing it, I was like, oh, I need three. I need to harmonize with this bowl. Got three. Uh, as soon as they came, oh, I need seven. I need the full chakra set. I need to have <laughs> the full experience. And then when I had them, I was like, well, I need to share this with people because I love it. Other people are going to love it too. So, yeah, um, I got the courage to step into a Pilates studio and offered weekly sound healing sessions um, with the real kind of aim just to target the everyday person that's never done meditation, Uh, yeah, that needs the relaxation but, you know, doesn't have any experience. Um, so, yeah, started doing weekly sessions and then I've been doing them for the last year and a half in Port Douglas in Queensland. Australia. Australia. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like we need, we need to keep going because people are like, what's Port Douglas? What's Queensland? Oh, Australia, that far away place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and I've loved it. I've just fallen in love with it more and more every time and yeah. collected many instruments Mm. Mm. new obsession instrument collection 
At yeah, least, I you know, it. swapped out the bikini collection for the instrument yeah. <laughs> collection. Because before that, I mean, you have lived quite the adventurous life. Mm. Right? A little bit. <laughs> Working on super yachts and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, always, always water-related activities mm-hmm. since uh, since I left uni and did marine biology at uni, so all ocean, scuba instructor, super yachts for years, so travelled around the world doing that, um, which was amazing, very eye-opening. Yeah, in uh, what way? Uh, well, purely to travel in the first place because I'd never left Australia. I was 25 and just worked as a scuba instructor at home first yeah, and then stepped on a super yacht and we were off around the Caribbean to the Med, um, having all these adventurous places and being able to work and be paid and be looked after while doing it is pretty amazing. Yeah. So I kind of got sucked into that world for a good six, seven years, did a lot of travel uh, and then found free diving in the midst of that. Another free diver. <laughs> you are the <laughs> well it makes sense because um, I'm I'm a diver and these are my friends so yes. you are the third free diver that I've had on well you know it's a pretty cool thing to do yeah where did you find free diving um in Honduras actually so mm. I was on one of the boats had my month holiday and um, concocted this amazing holiday where I jumped around between Honduras and Mexico and did all of the diving. And in Honduras, I had the option whether I was going to do a free diver course or do a rebreather course. For scuba. For scuba, yeah. So it's a more technical style of scuba um, where you can get close to animals because you have no bubbles. Mm-hmm. Or I could get rid of all the equipment and hold my breath and get close to animals. So I chose that one and I'm so glad I did. Like it was a full game changer. I was like, why have I scuba'd for this many years? (laughs) No disrespect to the scuba community. Because like I still, I mean, we both scuba. I still scuba from time to time and love it for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, But you get all the same feelings without all of the stuff on your back. Um, so I was instantly hooked with freediving and then, um, yeah, started that journey doing all my tickets there and becoming an instructor with that as well. Mm. And that's led you to some exciting places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also I feel like freediving was the next step towards kind of holding space and holding space for people, uh, letting them relax creating that kind of container because you really, I feel like you do that with freediving. And also the inwards, the looking inwards with freediving. Scuba, I feel like you're just kind of watching a movie, whereas freediving, you're looking at your internal landscape. What's going on in my head? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Um, Like instant meditation. So Mm. I feel like that was the first step towards looking at your body and, um, yeah, really paying attention to how you relax and how others relax and yeah and using those skills now with the sound healing Mm. what did you learn about yourself I mean not what did I suppose what what (laughs) have you been learning about yourself from that experience in freediving for the first time um just 
what comes up first is how hard you are on yourself and putting pressure to achieve and to strive for things. Because mm-hmm. uh, you have to really be so gentle with yourself and um, that your self-talk has to be really uh, nourishing and lovely and all of the good things, positive, to be able to get you to free dive deeper. So you have to be really, yeah, loving and then relaxing physically to be able to achieve and what you want to do as well. So, yeah, you can't just force your way down there, but that's kind of represents life, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then how do you think that's affected or shown up in relationships around you? Because you are a very, like, gentle and warm, mm. loving person. Oh, thank you. So, it, <laughs> you know, I guess while we understand Mm. everyone has some form of negative self-talk and stuff, I mean, you know, for as long as I've known you, which I I recognise isn't a ton of time, but you are this very lovely individual. Um, (laughs) And so recognising this in yourself, in the way that you spoke to yourself, how how was that showing up in relationships? Mm. I think I've more noticed with um, with the freediving and how that kind of like relates to relationships. Um, like, mm, let's see. Like, I feel like you, um, well, I could, you can't pour it all into someone else and be a functioning human you've got to be able to fill your own cup up first Mm. yeah Um, that's something I've learned as I've gone along Um, and to kind of be able to be at a place where I'm holding space for um, other people and you know to be sharing relaxation and meditations I wouldn't be able to do that if I wasn't um, if I didn't have enough um for myself energy wise so nourishing my, yourself first yeah so in past relationships I've often given a lot and poured a lot into other people um, whereas I probably should have had a bit more boundaries there or that kind of thing I guess yeah. because now if I want to hold space for everyone else I need to be um, strong enough in that and yeah to have my own cup filled up yeah yeah so that's a big lesson I've learned yeah. Filling your own cup first. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't help other people from this empty place. Mm. And that has been my default mode until now, just like, yeah, giving until, you know, making the other person happy Yeah, at your own detriment most of the time. Yeah, 100%. I think maybe many of us have had <laughs> mm. that relationship, maybe one or two um, that comes to mind where you've done that, right, where you... Mm everything and I guess because you are this very giving and nurturing person naturally has that just been a pattern for you through yeah absolutely relationships yeah absolutely um yeah just putting other people's um needs and things above your own and um yeah the default mode is for making sure that they're okay and um filling their cup up first really yeah, so you learn eventually to get to a point where you need balance and yeah. you need 
someone that's going to meet you halfway where you're at so you're equally supporting each other not uneven yeah yeah what was the impact for you in recognizing you know or in it while you were in it were you able to recognize that it was happening yeah but it's hard when you're in it as well yeah they're all tied in with the emotions and yeah all the love you feel for someone and yeah I think it takes a lot to get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't in my best interest and, yeah, maybe it's time to step away and look after myself. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, your whole life and everything you do is kind of all poured into a relationship instead of in your own life and what you want to do and your direction and your career and everything. Yeah, it's all learning. It is all learning, 100%. <laughs> When do you think you knew? Because I I often think that there's a point of when we know that something perhaps isn't right for us Mm. and then there's a point of action. Mm. And maybe for some, they're really good at keeping that time distance very close, right? Mm. I know when I'm going to act. I know for me personally (laughs) that that was a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In a particular relationship I can think of. Yeah. What was it like for you? There was definitely a gap there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I think hopefully like, you know, going into a new relationship, you would be like, okay, now I know. Now bang, bang. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely was. But you want to believe the best in the other person, mm. don't you? You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And there was, yeah, I feel like I did that multiple times. So, yeah, there's definitely times where I'm like, I, I know this is a bit of a red flag here, but no, it'll be right. Yeah. Just change the scenario. Just, um, you know, move somewhere else, start again, do things differently, and it'll be fine. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think we ignore red flags? <laughs> <laughs> speak for the whole world speak for the whole for the whole population of every single person who's ever ignored red flags that's a huge question why do you why do you think you ignored red flags because you like you invest so much in relationships like you put so much into it that you want it to work I guess Mm. and you're so entwined with them and um I guess you remember back on the good times and you're like, ah, oh, if this can happen, then we can get it back like it was before and yeah. it'll all be perfect again. Yeah. Yeah. I guess because you've invested so much. Mm. And what did you learn about yourself in that? Mm. Uh, well, that I was an empty shell of a person afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, that you can't, you just cannot pour from an empty cup, hey? Exactly. Yeah. I took a, a good year after the last one to replenish and mm-hmm. and even just get the new perspective on, huh, what do I want to do? How do I think about things? Yeah. Just to have my own little solo space again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's, um, I think there's this balance in being accountable though, right? Because you can be in, in a space, in a relationship with someone who takes a lot from you, mm. which is what it sounds like. This mm. was a bit of, and then there's also the other side of us 
allowing someone to also take from us. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the whole boundaries thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like you can just blame the other person, but really you're participating in the dynamic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so you learn about that too, I guess, and having boundaries and it's that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the whole dynamic feeding into each other. I guess that's why the attraction is in the beginning too. It's that, yeah, it goes well together. What was what was the attraction? What was the, the balance there? Like the victim and the rescuer. I mm-hmm. don't know, something like that. Like you want to help them and rescue them and they're always, woe is me, something's happening. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that kind of dynamic. Yeah, because that, that's definitely been my default mode is rescue. Yeah. yeah wanting to fix. Wanting to fix. But, I mean, that's why I guess sound healing feels so good because I'm like, yeah. oh, I can use this to help people. And yeah. We're not, we're not fix people but provide a space that helps. Um, yeah, and it comes from a good place. It's not you wanting to, mm. you know, fix someone in in like shaping it shaping them in you know because you're saying I don't like you but I guess it's when you get perspective on someone you can see many sides to them and that natural default it comes from a good place of wanting to help Mm, yeah but then the flip side to that is also I guess that you're not we're not able to accept people as they are Mm, yeah hoping for something better yeah that happens a lot, doesn't it? People get together and they're like, oh, I see your potential. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Dating someone for potential. Mm. Yeah, I um, was listening to something recently on this because, oh, that, that's an interesting thing. You know, seeing someone and recognising potential in them I think is a great thing. Mm. You know, when you, see, when you see someone and you're like, you have – these incredible gifts that you can offer to the world and and you're able to do so much with that and you can see potential in someone and that's a wonderful thing. But then where is the line when it comes to dating them and have placing an expectation on them to become the potential? Mm. Yeah. And is it, you know, I think hearing you say this, I'm thinking in my last relationship where I was, definitely almost waiting for him to step into this potential. It was like seeing the potential Mm. and then for me recognising actually it was my own expectation that he would. Like he was showing up as he was and I chose not to see that and not to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of just project your own hopes and you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. If I just fix, if, if this one thing just changes, then mm. everything will be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe there are couples that grow together and change together. Yeah. And that's an amazing dynamic if you're both working, doing some work on yourself independently. Yeah. Without expectation that the other one's doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's all we have control over is ourselves. Yeah. Mm. Do you think for you in in that relationship, were you able to grow within yourself as an individual? Uh, Were you doing that? I think only afterwards to have the little bit more objective 
um, perspective looking back on it. Mm. I think I've grown a lot in, after afterwards. In in it was a little bit you too in the emotions of things to be yeah. able to, yeah, to like separate yourself. Yeah, um, and I was just in in fix it support mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I guess I just learnt after what I actually need in a relationship, which is amazing. So I'm super happy Yeah, for seeing that. Yeah. Because all of the last relationships all have that thread running through them. So it's obviously a nice lesson for me to eventually learn. To interrupt and break that pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Of being the rescuer. <laughs> yeah. Because um, yeah. I, cause I can't now. I can't, I'm have to hold space for other people um, in the job I want to do. Yeah. So I can't be... Pouring it all into someone else, um, yeah. And what has that looked like in that time from walking away from that relationship, recognising actually, hey, I've got this pattern of being mm. a rescuer and then I need to facilitate and hold space for people. What, I mean, that's that's a lot to recognise, mm. but what, is, what did that work look like for you? I guess just doing things to nourish and nurture myself and going slowly and not putting too much pressure and having a nice big solo break as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then also just I guess you have a bit more of a lens how you see future potential people with. You're like, ah, oh, do I want someone like that again? <laughs> not sure. <laughs> but at least it's coming up now as you know, questioning a bit more rather than going for the the default, you know, type of person that you've always gone for. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess it's just recognising that. And also the type of person you get attracted to, like now I'm I'm hoping this is changing. So then you're going to end up with someone more more in balance with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were you attracted to more, I don't want to say. The, the <laughs> style of like, yeah, no, I have I have a type for sure. Okay. All of all of my last relationships. <laughs> oh, not all of them. Um, Most. Usually, okay, normally what I've been attracted to in the past is the funniest person, the loudest person, like the, the centre of attention, um, the one that is having the most fun. Um, just, I guess it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. Charismatic. They can like hold an entire room with their stories. You know, that's great. Cause I usually, I consider myself a little bit more reserved and shy. I think as I'm getting older, I'm not so much, but when I was young, mm. so I'm attracted to that opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there is too much as well. So now I'm just scaling that back. Learning. They still have to be funny though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah absolutely mm. the way to your heart yeah. true sense of humor yeah but was there a pattern <clears throat> in um someone needing to be rescued or do you think that you just picked that out of people ah oh I don't know <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> um yeah well I guess it's if someone's like 
looking like they need help, then I guess it's like that, oh, I can do things that are going to make them feel better. I can do things to help them. I guess that does draw that out of you. Hmm. Not sure. Yeah. And you said, because for you, <clears throat> you ended up feeling like this empty shell of a person. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long mm. do you think it took you to realize that from, you know, looking back as hindsight's 2020. Mm. So we can look back and go, actually, there was kind of this point here where I, you know, you, you ended up as this, you're quite, <laughs> quite, I'm quoting you. I'm not saying that that's what you were, but I'm quoting you. You were this empty shell of a person. Mm. How long was I empty? <laughs> <laughs> How long were you depleted for? <laughs> yeah. You mean in it or after? Oh, I mean, oh, I'm so sorry. I guess, yeah. What? Well, well, what? Yeah. While you were in it, how long after? Because this is a thing, right? I think for many of us, and I've definitely been guilty of this, where you give and you give and you give, mm. and you don't recognize how empty your tank is yeah. until it's way too late. Yeah. Until like burnout. Yeah. Like mm. and and potentially even beyond and that's applicable outside of relationships even that's mm. that's you know that can be the case at work mm -hmm. in friendships in whatever yeah. in any space that's definitely possible um yeah how long did you hold out for yeah way longer than I should have yeah <laughs> um yeah I guess it's just that thing like just going to change the scenario, just going to, you know, move where we are or change your workplace or change all the other variables and it'll be fine. Like we just kept doing things like that. Um, but the common denominator was just the relationship and just our dynamic wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was a bit stubbornly just trying to keep it happening. Just wanting it to work. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's good in a way because it just amplified it to like a crescendo of just, yeah, yeah, well and truly kind of over. And then it was like, oh, okay, that was a big obvious ending. Yeah. And then that's how you learn lessons, isn't it? And in the moment, like, were you recognising that you were feeling empty like in those moments? I, I Yes, part of me was and then parts like, oh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, so there's the denial yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. What? How did you know that you were feeling empty and depleted? Physically, I could actually feel it physically mm -hmm. by the end, like just feeling like sick to the stomach. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty oh. bad, isn't it? <laughs> was it affecting other spheres of your life? Yeah, it was it was tied in with work as well. So, yeah, it was. Um, I was working somewhere really isolated, um, and yeah, just all of the things stacking on top of each other: the work, the relationship, the isolation. Yeah, all of it going. Oh, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't mm. feel right. Oh, it's okay. Just try, you know, one more month of it. See how it goes. This will change. That will change. Yeah, until it didn't and I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then as it took leaving and going um, physically and breaking up to be like, oh, 
Oh, that's how was I was feeling, like the contrast. When um, you started coming back to feeling like yourself again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And then taking like a year really to build myself back up after that. Um, what but, did you do? Uh, well, I, I moved somewhere else by myself, started again, new town, made new friends, had new workplaces. Um, yeah, just did nice things for myself, really. Um, and actually I found, started doing the sound healing kind of six months into that. So that's, yeah. So the pandemic giving me all that space to do all the things that, um, I was like, Oh, I want to do this online course. I want to learn about this. I want to get the crystal bowls. And then I did, um, Skype lessons for how to play the bowls. Um, with a teacher from Bali and um, yeah so I guess that was really nourishing for me as well so started healing myself with those wonderful things yeah starting for me first yeah was that the first time that you really I guess yeah took time to invest in yourself and really nourish yourself probably yes yeah um, I'd always like dabbled in like bits of yoga and bits of meditation and things like that, but there was always a, a goal at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like the yoga was to get flexible, to be able to do this, the meditation, the meditation was to be able to have a good headspace so I could free dive deeper. Okay. And it was always like <laughs> goal orientated, but yeah, the sound healing was all about filling my cup up actually. And the interesting thing, like the lady that was teaching me about the crystal bowls, she's like, you need a gong. Like you can't be a sound healer <laughs> like, Okay, I need a gong. All right, I'll get the biggest one I can. Um, and then I was <clears throat> I was busy because it was a pandemic. I can't go to a gong shop and try out all the gongs. Yeah. I was on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, testing all of the gongs so you can look up heisty gongs online and there's like hundreds of different gongs all different planets and all different sizes so I was like listening to all of the gongs and I kept coming back to this particular gong for no other reason other than it sounded really good to me um and it was the planet mercury which is symbolic of communication your throat chakra speaking your truth um wow so it was so appropriate for me and so that was the gong I got uh and I feel like, I really feel like the last year and a half of me playing that gong, I mean, I'm sitting right in front of it. So everyone's getting the wonderful gong vibrations, mm-hmm. but I'm getting a lot too. And I think it's been really powerful for me to be holding space and to be talking in front of people and sharing my story and my truth as well. So, yeah. Is that stepping mm-hmm. into a new space for you? Like a new founded confidence, it sounds Absolutely, like. yes, because... Yeah, I don't think my default is to tell people how I feel, especially in relationships. So You haven't done that before? No, it's very much all about them and avoiding mm. conflict and avoiding voicing things that might unrest the peace, you know. So it's it's definitely was my time to start using my voice. Mm. Oh, <clears throat> I love that for you. <laughs> And so what are you, are you right? Yeah. <laughs> just drink, just drink some water, cough, cough away, it's okay. It's my throat chakra. 
I mean, for for you now finding, I don't want to say finding your voice. It's not like you ever lost it, I suppose, but building this sense of confidence and, yeah, you know, feeling like you can speak up more. Have you been able to implement any of that outside of, obviously sharing your beautiful voice (laughs) in sound healing. Yeah, and I'm getting better at that too because I want to get to the point where I'm singing mantras in sound healing and stuff. So that is on the the list too. Um, But, yeah, in life for sure. But I guess that's part of getting older and getting more settled in your skin and telling people what you actually want and Mm. definitely job-wise as well. Like you end up being a bit more honest with, hey, um, I want to do this job or I'm not going to do this or, yeah, I've always had the default of the people pleaser. So that's good to learn those boundaries and to t- try and stand in um, in my own power as I get older. So yeah. that's nice. When you find yourself <laughs> challenged in setting boundaries, is there something that you're able to do to help you in that moment? Because that's a hard shift Mm. coming from being a people pleaser Mm. to recognising I'm a people pleaser to now setting and asserting boundaries can be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it's a case-by-case scenario really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But knowing that... um, it might be the easier option to just say what they want to hear or, you know, people please, but actually it's just hurting me. So it's better off to just take a moment and be honest with, you know, what you want to say or what you want to do. And people respect that anyway. Yeah. So often you're just so scared. Oh, what are they going to think if I tell them no about this or don't want to do that? They'll be like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, well, they might not. I mean, Mm. some people might not be able to receive Mm. that. Right, and some people might not be able to respect your boundaries, mm. but that's a them thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not for you to take on. Mm. Yeah. And so, with your sound healing, what are your hopes, and what's your plan? Mm. World domination. <laughs> <laughs> sound heal the world. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I'd like, I can see future like retreats, um, combining a lot of things like a lot of wellness retreats, Mm. having different things like the sound healing, yoga, meditation, but also like adding the free diving element in as well, like having the water element, um, having a bunch of different tools that people can just have some inner reflection and tools that they can kind of take home with them to regulate themselves, I guess, eventually. Um, so I'd like to do that. Uh, yeah, I just continuously want to buy new instruments. (laughs) More gongs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd like another gong actually. Um, yeah, I'd love to have as my full-time job really to be just in sound healing, do one-on-one sound healings. Um, I've just done a breath work course, so incorporating breath work and sound healing too yeah. as another modality. Um, yeah, just 
lots of tools to support people and that feels really satisfying. And have you received <clears throat> some good feedback from people coming along to your sound healing sessions? Mm, yes, because I've been kind of aiming towards people that have never experienced sound healing before. And the town where I am is uh, very touristic and a lot of couples coming out for like a nice chill holiday and um, trying out something new. Uh, so I don't want to make it too woo-woo or too off-putting. So just really nice and um, easy to relax into. And often because it's people's first time, they're like, oh, that was really cool. I've never done anything like that before. Yeah. And I'm going to go home where I live and try and find more sound healing things. Um yeah, I just want to make it really approachable for everyone so that they don't think of it like this Ubudian, uh rainbow child, align <laughs> your chakras and, you know. Which it totally can be. Yeah. Some people want that and love that. Yeah, and that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to put people off. I want everyone to experience it. And if they're a scientific mind, like, I'll give them a little bit of the science so that they're open to it. Um, yeah. And people that are in their science mind are like they're in their logic. So often they're the ones that need a bit more extra relaxation to get out of the logic and into the body. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. And coming from the free diving, learning all about the nervous system and relaxation and chemically what's happening in your body, it's really nice to be able to um, merge that science into the yeah. sound yeah and I'd love to aim the sound healing towards freedivers actually um, so yeah that could be a future a lot of meshing of worlds for you yeah and I guess that's what it's all about isn't it gaining experience as you go in life and then creating your niche thing angle that works for you and that people be like oh yeah cool I can do that kind of specific thing with them yeah. It sounds like you get a lot of joy out of being able to give this to people, like yeah. facilitate this. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I love it that their bodies are doing it. I'm not like, you know, some magician yeah. doing things. I'm just supplying the, the space, the safe space where they can let go enough to start healing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that that happens like in that, you know, in the one hour session that's going on. Because obviously, yeah, our, our bodies do regenerate and mm. act and physically heal. Um, or is there more that people go away with afterwards as well in mm. their minds? Yeah, well, some people can get emotional after a sound healing session. Sometimes people shift things energetically and... And they've got, you know, releases for that, which is amazing. Um, my friend came to one of my first sessions and she said it tapped into her creative side. So she went home and she journaled about all of these characters that she had been creating years ago to write a novel. Mm -hmm. And she said she kind of forgotten all about that. And then they all sprung out for, of her subconscious after wow. getting the sound healing, like her creativity was activated. Um, so that was super cool to hear that. So it's not, yeah, not just in the session. Um, although sometimes in the session, people have the physical sensations, other people yeah. see colors or visions or, um, yeah, but then they can go home and have other things. 
going on. Sleep really well. Yes, you go yeah. home and sleep really well after it. Mm. So it's just unlocking something inside of people yeah. through sound. Yeah, absolutely. And I like it because the sound gives you it gives your mind something to kind of follow. Like they're really beautiful, like um, notes that come from the sound bowls, the the harmonies with the notes, and I play different um, melodies a little bit with them. So you've got something to follow. Um, but then also all the frequencies and all the vibrations are happening at the same time. So it's like um, creating a soundscape mm-hmm. and then your subconscious is kind of using that as the canvas to bring up anything that you need to have a little look at that you haven't given yourself five minutes yeah. to pause in your normal life. Just yeah. creating space. Creating space, yeah, and holding space for people. Yeah, we never give ourselves permission to sit down and relax and, yeah, we're always go, 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 especially with all stressed people um, coming from cities and corporate jobs and yeah. high level of um, needing to achieve and pushing. So, yeah. And how is that? Because people can look at relaxation and go, all right, well, why can't I just spend an hour of my time just watching TV and zoning mm. out, you know, like that's relaxing or do something like that. I mean, but that's just a completely different. Yeah, that's just uh, <laughs> putting your attention somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's not changing your state at all. Um, someone told me once that, Oh, meditation, why are you doing that? I don't have time to go and sit on a mountaintop and meditate for hours. I've got stuff to do. But the point is when you're doing your normal day-to-day stuff, you're doing it from a different place. If you've had that calm of meditation previously in the day, like you function so much better in the Mm -hmm. world. You're not as reactive to things. You're calmer. So it's um, improving your regular life Yeah. if you've just taken a bit of time for yourself as well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's beautiful yeah <laughs> well, I'm really excited for what you're doing Kate oh thank you me too I get really excited talking about yeah, it yeah <laughs> you do you light up and I love that I think it's great that you get to direct your energy in you know in that desire to help people which is such a wonderful thing mm. into this space that fulfills you and obviously brings you so much joy like what more can you ask for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, the pursuit I of it. passion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so if people want to know more about your sound healing sessions, mm. where can they go and what can they do to follow you? Uh, well, at the moment I just have the old social media yeah. for <laughs> my sound healing. Yeah, which is what? Which uh, is my name, Kate double underscore Godfrey um, from Instagram um, and on Facebook I call myself um, Crystal Bowl Sound Healing but I have half a website going so that will be <laughs> that will be coming out very soon which is good um, but I'm based in Port Douglas uh, in Australia and I just do local classes there and uh, I'm going to do one-on-ones and things too as well soon. So. Awesome. Mm. going to be healing the world one yeah. crystal bowl at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Well, thanks so much for coming on and for joining me. Oh, thanks, Amanda. It's been lovely. Yeah, I love chatting to you. All right. Well, um, yeah, 
Thank you for tuning in and for listening today. You can follow me at self double underscore podcast and at Amanda Latran. That's Amanda L E T R A N. Oh gosh, I forgot how to spell my last name for a second there. Um, new episodes out every Thursday. So I guess I will see you next week. Thanks a lot again, Kate. Welcome. See you later. Bye. (laughs) 